You know, most problems in healthcare are fixed already. Primary care is already cured on the fringes. Reversing burnout, physician shortages, bad business models, forced buyouts. Factory medicine, high deductible insurance that doesn't pay docs and is totally inaccessible to most of the employees. The big squeeze of always accelerated costs and decelerated reimbursements. Meet those making a difference with the host, Ron Barshop, CEO of Beacon Clinics. Welcome to Primary Care Cures. Welcome to the show, Primary Care Cures. Healthcare is a hot mess, and I'm in the trenches meeting smart people every day, every week that I wished I could share with the world. So what happens to me on Christmas Day, Jeremy Core pops up into my life. He hosts right now a, co- a podcast called Fixing Healthcare with Dr. Robbie Pearl as his co-host. And in high school, we'd call them very seriously legit. This is a great podcast you should tune into as well. And he says, hey, Ron, it's nice to meet you. You need a show. You have a lot to say on LinkedIn, but you need a bigger platform. So I'll produce this show for you. Now, I've been posting every day on LinkedIn about healthcare and issues and solves that I'm seeing in healthcare for the last six months. And this guy's now going to make it into a podcast, Soup to Nuts, and I don't have to do anything? Yes and hell yes. So I do this for 10 listeners, the right listeners. No shill meals, but I do it for the right 10 listeners. And at the end of the show, you're going to see how to help this show grow. Okay, so there's so many issues burning the house down right now. And I know so many future guests with fire hoses, you're going to be in for a treat today if you want answers to some big questions concerning our primary care uh, ecosystem. So bring the marshmallows, bring the graham crackers. The burn is about to start. So today, first of all, we're going to be talking about just the general healthcare state of affairs and what is wrong with healthcare, with what we call health insurance. We're going to define it very carefully. We're going to talk about why Currently, 70% of employees don't have access to healthcare because they don't have the savings and they have these gigantic deductibles they can't meet. So we all know that um, healthcare is inaccessible for some people. I'll bet you didn't know it for 70% of your employees or 70% of employees out there. Um, So let's talk about that. I'm going to introduce today Dave Berg. Dave is not only CEO and co-founder of Arrowhead Healthcare, in Phoenix, Arizona, which has currently about 400 patients a day. So in Houston, that would be called a mega clinic. And they've got multiple clinics. But he also needed health care for his employees who were not getting what they needed. Because uh, they also had inaccessible health care. And he started a company that was initially for his own employees called Redirect Health. Redirect Health then became spread out to a friendly offer he made to some of his friends. And they loved it so much, he turned it into a business. And Redirect Health has been around for two, since 2014? 2013, we started Redirect Health, but it took us a year to figure out the model and make our first sale. Okay. The market uh, told us what they wanted, mm-hmm. and uh, we wouldn't have figured it out without the market telling us. Let me just explain my experience as a user of uh, Redirect. And, but I really want to, don't want to talk about redirect as much as discoveries you've made on both sides of the fence. You're not only an employer who has employees that need health care, you offer health care to patients, and you have a, a serious volume coming through your clinics, and you now offer a product to give them access as well as uh, thousands of other members at 50 states. So as a user, here is my experience, is... Number one, my turnover has dropped. Number two, my hiring has increased. My pools have increased. Number three, my absenteeism has gone down. And here's why. Because I can now offer free health care for all my employees. All my employees have free health care, which I'm fairly certain everybody, everybody listening to this podcast who isn't a customer doesn't have right now. Um, I pay 105 a month for my employees to have 24-7 access a concierge care to a physician to uh, get their meds. Um, They don't have to miss a day of work. They can now take care of it through telehealth, but they also can go see any doctor in on the planet virtually that they need to for primary care and for chiropractic visits. So let's just talk for a second and kind of from 10,000 feet, 
what are the big problems right now in not just primary care, but in healthcare generally that you were here, you're here to solve? So let me, let me go back a little bit to the problem that I had okay. in my, my business that caused me to create redirect health. And cause I believe the problem that I had was the same problem that everybody has today. And I think the problem's even worse today than it was when I solved this problem for myself back in 2008 for the first time. Okay. But the, uh, the healthcare system was so complex that I couldn't understand it. My people couldn't understand it. And that complexity allowed a lot of hidden costs. And I don't just mean hidden costs of money, but hidden costs of time. People didn't know how much time things would take, how much time they have to take off work would then would lead to extra costs. And they just didn't understand, like there was a lack of transparency. And so that was the main problem. Complexity that was allowing a lot of hidden costs of time and money. And none of my employees could afford the deductibles or the co-pays or the part that I didn't subsidize with the insurance. So even though I set out to solve the insurance problem and figure out how to buy better insurance, because that's what everyone's asking me. We need better insurance. We need better insurance. We need better insurance. I'm sure every employer hears that from the employees. Or, they, or when they're hiring somebody, they ask, what are the benefits? Which basically means, what insurance do you offer? So I could never answer that question satisfactorily. I could, I could never buy something that I could afford, but my employees can also afford to use it, especially if they were making $14, $15, $16, $20 an hour or less sometimes. For sure, the people who made more than that could afford could afford it. It was never a good value, but they, it could work for them. So I had to create something that worked better. And what I discovered was that even though they're asking for insurance, what, what I really thought they're asking for is just for healthcare. And because we're in the healthcare business, we do healthcare delivery, I knew where the waste was. I knew where the accessible pricing was. So I just created a system where my employees could get healthcare and pay the real right, the, the right price, meaning that an MRI should cost $300. It should not cost $3,000. An antibiotic should cost $4, $10. It shouldn't cost $40 or $400 or $1,000. So by doing that over and over and over again and getting the right prices, helping people get the right care, the right price, and helping them guide, guide them through the system, we were able to pay for things very efficiently and at the right price. And that lowered my cost. But something I discovered along the way is that people didn't even really want health care. I thought that was the problem. They wanted insurance first. And then I thought the problem was they wanted Healthcare. They want to access healthcare. The um, a big epiphany, and there have been many, many around, was that what they really want is they want the confidence today that they're prepared for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That's really what they want, and uh, that wasn't that expensive to give them the confidence today that they'd be prepared tomorrow. That if their little girl broke her arm tomorrow, we take care of it, and they wouldn't have to miss excessive amounts of work and miss paychecks that would then get in the way of them making rent. So that was the problem we set out to solve was that people did not feel prepared for tomorrow, which meant also that they had this chronic low level cortisol burn of being burdened with wondering what happens. Um, I mean, if you ask your, if most people ask their employees right now, Hey, if you had 2000, you needed $2,000 to repair your car tomorrow, what would you do? Most of your employees will go, I have no idea what I do. Mm -hmm. Now imagine they're thinking about that all the time. Well, so and right they probably now, are thinking about that all the time. The bankruptcy numbers in America for person, the personal side are just shocking. 65% of all bankruptcies are medical bankruptcies. And everybody, every one of those employees that has a $2,000 issue um, has somebody in their world, in their universe that they know that has a crushing debt from a hospital bill that they had no idea was going to be so high. I mean, you can burn eight to 10,000 in a hospital very quickly. It doesn't take but a few hours. Yeah, and, and today, the only... Um, health insurance that people can afford are the high deductible policies, which now are 6,000, 5,000, even $7,500. And then they double that if you have a family. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, nobody's got $10,000 yeah. in savings mm -hmm. after tax. It's not even before tax. It just doesn't exist. It's, it, the, the arithmetic just doesn't work. And it didn't, by the way, it didn't work in 2007 when I created this. Yes. It just now 10 times more doesn't work today. And uh, so, Insurance is not the answer. It's not even insurance anymore when it's not covering anything. Right. If, if, I, can't, if I can't get into the club, into the treehouse, what, what is, why are we calling it insurance? We should call it shareholder insurance is what it actually is. It's protecting the companies that are insuring and basically putting people that can't afford it out of uh, employment, out of business. Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned the, um, 
that the number one cause of bankruptcy is uh, medical costs. And you're 100% right. It has been for a while now in America. And, um, but the stat that always surprises people is that the majority of that, I think it's up to over 70% of the people who go bankrupt because of medical costs, they have insurance. Unbelievable. They're not going bankrupt because of catastrophic costs. They're going bankrupt because they can't afford the deductible. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons they can't afford the deductible, just one reason, is because the negotiated rates with insurance companies are almost always now higher than the normal rate. It's one of those, it's the only situation I think of where the wholesale rate is much greater than the retail rate. Mm -hmm. Meaning that a, a insurance companies negotiate with hospital systems, uh, $1,200, $1,500 MRIs all the time when those same MRIs are only $300 across the street without using their insurance. Right. Same with medications, $20 copay for a medication that only costs $4. And so, and, and again, why would that even be possible? It doesn't even make sense. Except what I said initially that the problem that I sought out, that I sought out to solve was the complexity which allowed hidden costs. Mm -hmm. If you unhide those costs, you make it transparent and you make it simple. So one All of the things sudden, you don't pay too much for your medication, you'll pay too much for your MRIs, for your babies, your gallbladders, your cancer care. The cost now gets significantly less, sometimes half, a third, a quarter of the cost. So I've seen it much less than that even. So I went to a well visit for my doctor in Houston and they selected somebody a mile away. I didn't actually have a doctor. Mine were all in San Antonio. Um, I went into his office. I went right back to see him. No paperwork to fill out because you had already done that over the telephone with me. So all of the, there was no pre off. There was no uh, checking my insurance because I don't need insurance. What y'all did that day that I didn't learn until yesterday. Now that I'm hanging out with you is that you sent him a visa uh, number and he had a one-time credit card use for about an 86 or 97 dollars fee that he got paid right after he saw me so he didn't need coding billing he didn't need to pre-auth he didn't need to deal with all that he just got a check that was his what his would be his everyday low price right so think about what we did there ron we tackled the same problems of complexity that allows hidden cost the system's so complex with the insurance model that your doctor um is not is afraid is, is concerned you won't get paid. There's a hidden cost of that complexity that is I might not get paid or I might not follow the rules or I don't know when I'm gonna get paid or I don't know how to track if I got paid or they might I might get short paid. So all we did is we created simplicity and we said, look, we're gonna schedule an appointment, we're gonna pay you right now. And the and beauty from a, his perspective, I'm no longer part of his payer mix, I'm a cash pay patient as far as he's concerned. Because he got cash the same day. It's just beautiful from his perspective. Now, um, the second thing that happened to me is when I went to a chiropractor to get my back fixed, the same exact thing happened, and it was actually at the same location. I went to go see first a physical therapist, then a chiropractor. I had zero weight. I had zero paperwork to fill out. I walked straight back to the guy. He takes care of me. He says, you come back as many times as you need to come back. Again, what I didn't know is that day he had been essentially wired money through this visa system, and he... One reason I wanted him to come back is because he was getting cash pay on the spot, which is probably 10 or 20% of his customers, of his patients. Um, and that was, again, Redirect Health let me not have to go potentially to surgery, not potentially have to go to opioids, not to go to medications. I just got everything fixed in the, and I haven't had a problem since then. Yeah, and what you're describing, Ron, is an ideal uh, situation. And I wish I could tell you that every situation was ideal. And uh, the truth is there's a lot of friction in the system and uh, more times than not, but changing and getting better. Um, doctor's offices don't know how to handle this kind of simplicity or transparency. And th sometimes the simplicity and transparency creates a distrust, mm -hmm. which is really a testimony to our whole industry. When you say to somebody, a doctor's reception say, can I just pay you right now? And, and he or she says, no, can't that, do that. that we, don't do, we, don't, we don't do that. And we get that all the time. We actually, that's a more common occurrence now, though less common than it has been as, people, as we start to develop relationships with the, the doctors that our members use. Um, but we, we are just are not, um, we don't want to be beholden to the, the whole network thinking where there's a contract ahead of time for all the doctors. We'd much rather just talk to them, schedule for you, find out the self-pay rate, make sure they get paid, give them the confidence, and just get all the middlemen out of the system because that is the friction. 
when you've got insurance companies and you've got third-party administrators and you've got pharmacy benefit managers and all the middlemen are in the middle that happen to all be publicly traded companies who have fiduciary to their shareholders. Mm -hmm. That friction is, though it's most people's expense of time and money, it also becomes the revenue for others. And so we just remove the need for those middlemen by getting rid of the friction. My first chiropractor y'all sent me to, because I was, I think your first customer in Texas. Uh, you 20, were. So 20, 30 months ago, whenever I started with y'all, it seems like forever, but um, I went to go see a chiro. The front desk said, we don't take cash payment. Uh, I said, oh no, we take insurance only. I said, well, this is insurance. They're going to send you a visa card. I didn't know to explain it that way. They're going to send you cash the second I leave here. You're going to get money into your account from this. They said, we don't work that way. We, we don't work with cash patients, only insurance. I said, redirect health is insurance. They called you ahead of time and worked this out. Can I talk to the doctor here? Um, he doesn't need to see you. We know what we can handle, what we can't handle. She hit the front desk. I would bet blocks you more than any yes. doctor would ever yes. block you. And even the words you're using right now, we are not insurance. Redirect health is not insurance. So people don't even know how to talk about it anymore. We've been so socialized to think that health insurance is healthcare. And I thought that too, when I, st I set, up, set up to solve this problem for myself in 2007, I thought I just needed better insurance. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't even need better health care. So what I needed is confidence that I'm prepared for tomorrow if something happens. And people don't know how to think about this, things that way. They know yeah. how to think about their cars and their TVs and their shoes and their groceries that way. But to think about health care that way, they don't know how to think about it. Basically, we are just going to pay the doctor directly. Yeah. And they did not know that was possible. And many doctors don't. And the doctors do. That's, that's an incorrect statement. So, David, I had an interesting experience, again, as an early adopter. I think Texas is your second largest state. But when I started, we were working through the kinks because this is such a new concept. I went to walk out the door after my second visit to the mother, my doctor, my primary care doctor. And the lady says, hey, $40 copay. And I went, excuse me, I'm on a cash pay basis. You've already been paid. And she says, you don't understand. We have a copay. You've got to pay us now. You've already paid the doctor. Now you got to pay us. I said, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'll pay the $40. And then I called direct, uh, redirect, and they took care of it on their end. But again, there's just little kinks that have to be worked out as y'all expand this model. Can, can, seems, I, can I add on that? Yeah. So the Wall Street Journal, less than a year ago, reported on a study that said that 80% of all medical bills are wrong. 80%. Wow. Wall Street Journal. So I saw this and I went to relook it up. And um, I saw another article in the Wall Street Journal that said it was 30% were wrong. And I thought, that's kind of weird. I just read it was 80%. Well, then I noticed that the 30% was in 2011, I believe, or 12. The one in 2018 said 80%. The point here is that the system is so complex, the problem is complexity that creates a hiddenness of cost. And think of friction, think of money, think of time. It, there's a hiddenness there. It is impossible for doctors now to get all their bills right, to get all the, even when she said it's $40, she was making it up. Mm -hmm. But she's confused, there's complexity. She's trying not to get in trouble. She's just taking wild guesses at what she needs to say. Mm -hmm. That is the problem that we are solving. That's the problem we have solved. And we're getting better and better and better. It's just one piece of friction, one element of the friction um, okay. after another. So again, I'm, I'm only pointing out the problems because they're not problems now two years later. But in the very beginning, oh as an early doctor. We are dealing with people. We're dealing with infrastructure. Yes. We hit that problem every single day. I bet you we hit that problem every hour. But here's the thing that's different. We anticipate that problem. Right. And we know the plays to run when we hit the problem so we can fix it. So the, the correct statement would not be that we don't have that problem anymore. The correct statement would be we anticipate the problem mm -hmm. so much better now than we did a month ago, a year ago, so that we can also run the, the anecdote, the fix to it, before our members even become frustrated by it, before they even know that it existed. So our goal is not to stop the problem. Our goal is to stop you as our member from even noticing that a problem happened and us getting in front of it by paying in advance um, is one way to do that. So I've had 15 good interactions. This is the only the third one that was again an early adopter, arrows in the back pioneer problem. I go to LabCorp to do my uh, lab, get my labs. As I'm getting there, I have to fill out the forms all over again that I know they already have because I've talked to y'all. So they already have everything they need from me, but okay. I'll fill out the forms, no big deal. 
as I'm leaving, they want to charge me and I have to give, have that same conversation I've already had twice. And they go, okay, you're right. We've done some research and we, I see we have been paid. And, um, but I can tell you, I have uh, 40 employees. None of them have had the problems I've had other than small glitches. Um, they go see their doctor right away or they call a doctor 24 seven Spanish and English. Um, they have full access to not have to miss work because they can get something prescribed over the phone. Um, Texas recently updated its telemedicine law, so we now have uh, that ability. We didn't when we first started with you, so we, our legislature is a little more enlightened. But the, the good news is that, again, recruitment is up because I can offer free health care. My turnover is low because they can't get this pretty much anywhere else in the state of Texas right now. And my retention um, and absenteeism, everything's going the right direction for me. Um, I don't know any other ads when I go on these platforms we advertise on that advertise free healthcare, 100% paid on healthcare. So zero copay, zero deductible. So let's talk about from your perspective, how the system could save money. We have a $3.5 trillion system that uh, you know, you've told me before is not one third waste and fraud, but it's probably closer to two thirds waste because of all the inefficiencies and all the middlemen and all the shareholder issues and all the transparency issues. So if you were king for a day and you could bless the healthcare system and remake it, again, you have a unique perspective as being a provider. You're, uh, a, a, you have white coats, you have patients, you have a, you have a three-way intersection and a mm -hmm. view into the system and the problem. How would you today, not in Arizona, but across the whole nation, fix healthcare uh, and cure the problems endemic to it. So it's, it's really obvious to me what we need to do. Okay. It's also obvious to me that um, the people who would have to do it can't get elected if they do this. Um, so let me jump in there and say that the lobby for, we'll call it big pharma, big hospital, let's just call it big healthcare, is about a $470 million spend in Washington, D.C. and probably across the states. The spend for ARP is $14 million. The spend for the gun lobby, NRA, is about $4 million. So if you put the two most popular, most famous um, lobby groups together, they're not even one-twentieth of the healthcare lobby. It's huge. So you can, it is, the problem is complexity that allows hidden cost and also for the purpose of returning shareholder value to publicly traded companies. So let me that, ask that, that is as simple as I can state what the so, problem is. So the, so, the, so the answer has to be an anecdote to that. Any politician tries to tackle that is dead in the water. And we even saw that when uh, Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett and Jamie Dimon of Chase, um, when they came out and said, we don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to fix healthcare. And it's going to be, but we do know it's going to be based on simplicity, transparency, and we're going to get in the way of the profit incentives of these big companies. They didn't even say what they were going to do. They just stated the principles and the strategy. They stated the problem. And the stock market went down 5% the next day. And so, all three of them backed away. Now, they're still doing stuff, yes. but they don't talk publicly about it because it's terrible for the stock market. Yeah, Buffett said that the uh, healthcare system is the tapeworm of our economy. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Your partner's name is Paul Johnson, right? Yeah. And he's formerly yeah. known as Mayor Paul Johnson. Yeah, former Mayor of Phoenix. And he was a Mayor of Phoenix. If Paul Johnson were running today, which he's not, so I'm not going to, uh, but if, if, the, if he was running for mayor and he ran on a platform of fixing healthcare with what you're about to teach us, mm -hmm. could he get elected in um, Phoenix, Arizona? I don't believe so. So there's large providers here. There's large hospital systems here. Big Pharma, of course, is everywhere. They would do everything in their power to elect the other guy, no matter who it was, as long as he wasn't antithetical to the current yeah, system. I don't believe that um, any politician at any level in Arizona can get elected without the support of the major hospital system in Phoenix. Okay, and we'll call it Big Pharma. So that includes county, city, that's state, that's, uh, and then we go to, go to federal. Well, and it's not so much getting the support, but it's um, not having your opponent supported. Yes. In a, in a disproportionate way. So it, it's a big business. You mentioned $3.4 trillion. So, so if you believe that the problem with healthcare is complexity, that, a lot, that, uh, that allows a, a hidden cost of time and money, mm -hmm. 
for the benefit of increasing share prices for publicly traded companies, whether it's insurance companies or publicly traded hospitals or the middlemen, the, the uh, pharmacy benefit managers, the lobbyists, their shareholders in this whole thing, they're just not publicly traded. Um, if you believe that's a problem, I believe it's a two-step, it's two steps to fix the healthcare system. Now, again, you don't get elected because that's a lot of money that this, these two, these two steps will not be, um, the money will not support these two steps. The first one is the government has to put price controls in. The, the gov- we cannot, no American citizen should be subjected to cost. That could be a hundred times what the fair rate is and have nothing they can do about it. It's not a fair market, right? Think about a fair market. If I were to sell you an apple, Ron, and, uh, I, and you're gonna, you wanna buy an apple for 10 cents and I double the price, you don't have to buy the apple. Mm-hmm. If I have the price, you can go buy two if you want for your 10 cents. Mm-hmm. If I lowered enough, you could go buy a bushel of apples. I lowered even more, you can go buy a orchard and give them away, right? I, it, that's a free market. But if you've if you got an appendix that is about to burst and I raise my price, are you gonna like not get it done? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if, if uh, I lower my, you, you're having a baby, your wife's having a baby and I lower the price, are you gonna now have two babies? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. This whole free market thing, it, it not even close to making sense. So when when um, and hospital variances from state to state, city to city, can vary as well as a thousand percent for the gosh. exact same I, procedure. I've seen blood tests that I can buy for four dollars, where people are subjected to a four hundred dollar bill. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows the story of the aspirin that they charge four hundred fifty dollars for in the hospital. Okay, let me just give you an example of that too. So, if uh, if you sprain your ankle. And you get an x-ray, the cost of that x-ray is $27, $30. If you go into the emergency room and you get that x-ray, they can charge you anything they want. Mm-hmm. They can charge you $1,000. They can charge you $10,000. They can charge you, they tend to charge you about $800, but they could charge whatever they want. It's a $30 x-ray. You have no control over it. Now, here's like Medicare, the government says, no, here are the Medicare rates. Like, this is the rate that government's going to pay. And hospitals and doctors take it all day long. Mm-hmm. But if you... And if you have insurance, insurance will usually negotiate somewhere around Medicare rates as well. But if you don't have insurance, any hospital, any drug company can then charge you on anything they want because they have the lobby. So they can charge anything you want. So give me, okay. let me give you the two moves. Okay. Let me give you the two moves first. Number one, you've got to have price controls. There is no way you can, if the government doesn't say that as an American, you have the privilege of living here of knowing you're never going to spend more than this on this service. Anything above that is going to be illegal. Now, I don't even care if they make it three times Medicare, mm-hmm. put a limit on it. So it can't be a thousand times Medicare. Right. So they can't force you to buy something you don't into the wasteful system that you don't want to buy into limit. I don't even care if it's five times Medicare. I don't care if it's 10 times, just don't let it be infinite mm-hmm. times. Put a limit on it. Mm-hmm. Number one, Number two, when the costs get over a certain amount, I don't know if that's $20,000 or $50,000 or $100,000, that's immaterial. Some amount, let the government step in, let Medicare step in and say, this is ours now. What will happen is that the accountability for the system will be incredibly more. And so think of it as a form of Medicare for all, which is such a, nobody knows what that means. There's a thousand different definitions of Medicare for all. So this is the day bird redirect health version of Medicare for all mm-hmm. is give us a stop loss for every American where we know that if the cost gets above a certain amount, the government oversight is there to protect us. And you're going to lose 30, 30 years of savings overnight. Right. And okay. that, so I don't, I don't care if that's 50,000. That's where I would, if I was King, I would go, yeah, let's allow everyone to have three times what the Medicare rate is, and at $50,000, the government jumps in. Well, now you don't have risk, which means the insurance industry doesn't have as much to sell because they they, sell risk protection. Your knowledge begs the question, why doesn't Redirect Health publish all the everyday low prices we're talking about with x-ray, with MRI, with an aspirin? Why doesn't Redirect say, here's our experience, we're in 50 states, X-rays in Tennessee are this, X-rays in Texas are this, X-rays in Arizona are this. Why wouldn't you publish that so if I was a consumer, I could go to that website and when my hospital says, well, it's going to be 8000 for that, I can say, no, 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 it's $1,200. Mm-hmm. You know, birth doesn't cost $25,000. Yeah, birth that's costs a, That's an easy answer. 
um, and I used to do that with my own employees. I used to, so Ron, I used to, th I buy into this healthcare consumerism deal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I spent a lot of time, a lot of effort. I created training programs for my own employees, for my friends' employees. And it was about teaching them how to be great healthcare consumers, how to get the great pr the price, how to find the price themselves. And um, despite the tricks are out there, hide them. I would teach people. What I learned is that it got more difficult and more difficult and more difficult to do it. And uh, I had this epiphany, actually it was Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach, my strategic thinking coach that helped me with this one. Is He said, you know, maybe the problem's not, I was thinking, how can I educate my people more efficiently? That was the problem I wanted to solve. And um, Dan Sullivan is this, uh, he says it all the time, the problem's never what you think it is, it's the way you're thinking about the problem. So I started thinking, what if I thought about that problem differently? Instead of thinking about how do I educate my people more efficiently, what if I thought about this? What if I removed the need for education? What if it just happened? Okay, how would that look? Well, one answer is I could just do it for them. Educate a team and then do it for my people. And I started thinking about it. I started just doing some mental arithmetic. And I go, you know, if I'm spending $10 to educate, I'll bet you I could just do it for them for a dollar or two. But that's what I decided to do. And now if it, now that it's even more than that, if it would cost me $20 relatively to educate people on how to do it. Cause the tricks change It's a dynamic system. It's not linear. It goes back and forth. It changes all the time. There is no way the public has the ability to navigate the complexity and the lack of transparency in the system right now. There are so many tricks. Yeah. The MRI only costs this much Ron, but how do you know how many I'm going to order when you get there? How do you know? You don't. I, yeah. So you might not even need an MRI. You might need an X-ray for twenty-seven dollars, or you get, but you can get the MRI. And yeah, okay, you'll get it for three hundred, which is the fair rate. But what if they order five MRIs, mm -hmm. and now you're at fifteen hundred dollars? Right. right. There's so many tricks. So Dave, knowing as well as I do, I love that you started your company with the question: If one of my members had a father or a mother, a husband or wife who was a doctor, what would they do to take care of them? Because you are married to a doctor, mm -hmm. you're a chiropractor yourself. Um, what would Janice do if one of your children had an issue? You know exactly what to do. And you said, I want to take that role in their lives. So I'm not, you're not a consumerist as much as you are a mother that's a doctor. <laughs> you're going to take care of every member as if they're a family. Yeah. So insurance is really expensive. There's so many hidden costs and it. it just, there's no, and it's so complex. Healthcare is complicated, but not, comp, not as complex. And it's not as, healthcare is, healthcare is not that expensive. The insurance complexity we add to it, the drug company, the hospital, the public companies, that complexity is very expensive. The healthcare is not. But something is even more valuable and less expensive than that. And that is the confidence of preparedness for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I've seen over and over again how efficiently um, my family has moved through the healthcare system. Even coming here from Canada in uh, 1995 and not knowing the American medical system or the healthcare system, um, I just saw that when my, my son was little, he had asthma, he never ran out of asthma inhalers. They always showed up. It was, it was up. We never went to emergency room, even though he might have had an asthma attack, right? We always were able to navigate the system. I saw our next door neighbors be able to navigate the system much better because my wife who has a medical degree, a mother with a medical degree is very powerful. Matter of fact, moms around the world have always been the number one caregivers, health caregivers even, right? Mm -hmm. Consider a bandaid, right? A hug when you, when you, when you, when you hurt yourself and you're little, that is a form of healthcare. Mm -hmm. Now give mom a medical degree and she's and remove the complexity of, all the CPT coding and IC10 coding and the, the HIPAA and the meaningful use and the PKRS and this ABC and this XYZ, you remove that complexity, mom with a medical degree, things just happen. You know, it's just, it's just, it, one of the ways that you're saving costs in a big way. Away. Absolutely. Um, an asthma emergency, an asthma attack in Houston, Texas will run anywhere from 11 to 25,000 for an emergency room visit. So the more my allergy under, under the insurance model, under the insurance model, that what you do for your patients who have asthma, the albuterol is in their backpack, the albuterol is at the school, the albuterol is in their, um, the glove compartment of mom's car, the kid's car. You've got stuff spread all over the house because it's cheaper to have 
10 albuterols that are never going to run out than it is to have an asthma emergency. Yeah, a little more complicated than that, but that's the concept. But think about the normal, um, let's imagine that you, you made $10.50 an hour and you work in a car wash and um, you have a child with asthma. You're probably going to spend $80 on an asthma inhaler from a local pharmacy and you're going to get one a quarter. So it's $320 a year. And um, remember, you make $10.50 an hour. And you're going to be very frugal with the use of it because you don't want to run out. But you're probably always going to be at the risk of have, not having the second dose when you need it, of running out at the end of the, uh, of the inhaler. And uh, that one time a year that you do run out, you better go to the emergency room. Because children die from asthma attacks mm -hmm. every single day. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, a, it's a travesty when it happens because it's so preventable. But you go to the emergency room, you're going to have those types of challenges. And, the, and who knows what the costs are. I don't know if they go up to 25000 but they definitely go up to three, dollars $4,000 when that happens. You go to the emergency room. Um, so think of that. So let's just say it's four or $5,000 is the cost of a per year of emergency room visit plus the $320 for four $80 inhalers. You make ten dollars fifty cents an hour. You can't afford that. Mm -hmm. So you got to run for the bill from the bill. You got to have. You're going to hope they're going to let you go, or you're going to. If you have any assets, you're going to go bankrupt, which is the medical only people with assets go bankrupt, right? Mm -hmm. um, so let's go with our strategy. Let's do. What would a mom with a medical degree do? What did my wife do with our son? But we made more than ten dollars fifty cents an hour. But we still did this. Number one, we're not going to the emergency room ever because it doesn't mean we won't if we had to, but we're never going to have to because we want to, that's the main thing. We want to get rid of that risk. We want to get rid of that cost. We just don't want to go. Um, but we're also not going to pay $80 for an asthma inhaler, even though we can afford it because we know better. What we're going to do is we're going to do mail, mail order to Canada and the exchange rate's really good. So we know we can get about five asthma inhalers for that same $80 delivered to our house. And then we're going to make sure the babysitter has one and the glove compartment has one. The, every person my wife has, has one teacher, daycare, everybody, right? Just like you mentioned, but beyond that, we're going to make sure that everybody knows how to use them. Mm -hmm. And we're going to make sure that mom is confident in this case, my wife is confident that everybody knows how to use them because we're not going to the emergency room. We're not going to need to go to the emergency room. And now instead of buying, imagine now, go back to the person who makes $10.50 an hour. They're not going to need an $80 asthma inhaler every quarter. They're going to need five groups of $80 spent twice a year. So right away, their $320 goes down to $160. That's a big deal if, if you make $10.50 an hour. Right? You're going to have the cost of the inhalers, and you're going to have many more around you. And you're not going to go to the emergency room. So I'm going to call this a blueprint or a plan for each patient that has diabetes, that has asthma, maybe even that has skin cancer and other conditions that are. We've, we've got many algorithms just in strategies just like this yes. that, we've, that we've accumulated and built and tweaked over the last 10, 11, 12 years. But I'm telling you, every single mom with a medical degree in this country already knows how to do this. Mm -hmm. What we've done is we've packaged it with process and teams and technology and data collection and prediction and even a little bit of artificial intelligence right now, which is where I'm really excited um, at this point, as you know, we've been talking about it you know, all yesterday mm -hmm. about what we're going to do to anticipate problems before they happen and then put a solution in place. So the problem never happens in the first place and costs just disappear. And nobody really knows why that the cost was going to happen and nobody even knows can measure how much cost didn't happen. So every one of you that are on Amazon, and right now over two-thirds of Americans are on Amazon, um, know that Amazon knows your buying patterns. They might even know your porn patterns. They know so much about you, it's ridiculous. You'd be scared how much um, Facebook, Amazon, Google, they know about you. They know everything. What Dave is talking about is that if somebody calls to his 24-7 hotline and wants to talk to either an MA or a doctor or a nurse, he, there's now artificial intelligence that can detect stress patterns in their voice. And what will that stress pattern teach you on your side of the telephone? What do you all do? What's the action you would take if you see that these seven people with these seven problems have the stress pattern? What does that teach you about how to anticipate problems before they have even happen? Okay, so let me take you back just one step before that, and then the, the answer will be self-apparent. 
in any particular day, we call them today's one percenters, but it's not. It's like today's 0.1%, one tenth of a percent of our whole membership today, this day right now, is going to have a greater healthcare need comp combined than the entire 99.9% .9 of our, our membership today. That tenth of a percent has a greater healthcare need combined than the, the whole rest of the membership. They also have the potential to spend more money. This one tenth of one percent has a greater potential is going to spend more money under the traditional system than the rest of the membership. So we know that. So we know where to laser focus our attention on those people. So we'll put our attention on those people. And that might be two hours of work with a team of 10, helping them talking to specialists, talking to family members, making sure they're getting the care they need and then make sure their wallet's protected. And with all due respect to blue cross and Chubb uh, to uh, Cigna and Humana, Nobody's going to give them that with a traditional no, health insurance. They, well, the, the, the system needs cost because that's what causes the risk, and the system sells risk protection. So if I get rid of risk, they have there's nothing to sell, or right. there's less to sell. Right. And they're publicly traded, so they have fiduciary shareholders to increase revenue and profits by any legal means, and that means the more risk there is, the better. You ask about data collection. That's one piece of data. The fear, if you will, or the conversation. So the most important Thing we can do to protect the wallet is to understand that one tenth of a percent in real time in real time so that we can get in front of it and get everything and get you that person protected we couldn't possibly apply these resources to all of our membership at the same time mm -hmm. it just would be impossible but we can if we know where that tenth of a percent is we can give everything we have Mm -hmm. We can give them a mom with a medical degree with a team of 200 people with the technology and the process around that one person. Um, so this, so being able to um, listen to their voices and have the computer technology tell us that somebody is afraid or they're concerned or they're wondering or they're in pain or they're stressed or they're mad. Those are signs that we need to move on something fast. And the most, the one piece of data that nobody's talking about in healthcare that I believe is the most important piece of data, if you want to create meaningful access to healthcare for people who are in a complex situation um, or in a complex system that's hiding costs from them. If you believe in the problem the way I believe in it, the number one piece of data that matters that drives our effectiveness the most is the quickness that we understand that somebody has a problem, somebody has wondering something, somebody's confused, they're feeling isolated, they're feeling powerless. You know, if we can understand that now, it saves a ton of money. And I'm gonna give you, one, if I can give you one example, if you sprain your ankle and we're 10 minutes too late, you're gonna walk into the emergency room, you're gonna get an $800 x-ray, you're gonna get a $400 orthopedic consult, maybe a consult to the physical therapist, Maybe the neurologist comes in, emergency room fee, your problem, maybe even get some, a couple MRIs for your, for your ankle. You're probably leaving there with a three to $10,000 bill for that sprained easy, ankle. Easy. And by the way, Ron, there's nothing wrong. We just sprained it. Just put some ice on it. Mm -hmm. Right? That's what happens. If we're 10 minutes too late, this is how important the timeliness of that information that you're wondering, you're confused, right? And you're alone. You need some help. Mm -hmm. Because if you call us, like our members do, where they go on our app, 24-7, English and Spanish, um, and with technology, gosh, we're so close to be adding any language in the translation, um, we now can say, we can assess the urgency of what's going on. You can even snap a picture of it, and we can see there's no bone sticking out, and we can assess it's most likely a sprained ankle. We can even tell you, hey, yeah, let's go to the urgent care, let's get an x-ray, that might cost you $70. Or we definitely not 800, definitely not all the other stuff added to it in the hospital. Or we can say, hey, Ron, looks like just a simple sprain. Go home right now, put ice on it, press it, raise it. If it gets worse than the night, you just call us right back, right? And we've got all the records. But let's get an extra in the morning because we can help you with the urgency of the care. And that's $27.01 mm -hmm. at the freestanding facility. Now we take the x-ray, we go, oh, good, nothing's broken. We don't need an orthopedic consult. We don't need a physical therapy consult. We don't need anything. We, and you got a $27.01 fee versus maybe $5,000, $10,000. And if you think about the driver of that difference, 
It was how fast did you have access to somebody who can help you? How fast did you have access to a mom with a medical degree who can help guide you? Huge dollars. Now, those dollars that you just freed up, thousands of dollars you just freed up, those are the same dollars. Now, that were take, if, you, if you didn't free them up, that were taken out of the system that were going to stop you in the first place of getting the care you needed and everybody else in your employment that works all your coworkers from getting the meaningful access to healthcare they wanted to. So this is Ron Barshop with Primary Care Cures. We're talking to Dave Berg, who is not only CEO and co-founder of Arrowhead Healthcare Centers, but he's also CEO and co-founder with Redirect Health. Um, Dave and I are talking about waste full spending in the $3.4 trillion ecosystem called healthcare. Dave, let's talk a minute about my son's experience in Mississippi. He's now a physician. And one of his in summer internships was doing a population health study in the fattest county in the fattest state in the fattest country in the world, which is uh, in the deep south of Mississippi. He was in the Delta. And while he did get to go hear B.B. King play live, he also dealt with this problem. It turns out that in that county, 2 to 3% of the population is spending 60% of the federal dollars. The, the super sick patient you were just talking about, that one-tenth of 1%, is costing the system a hugely disproportionate amount of problems. And you have told me that the way you view your membership population is this. A third of your population is healthy, young, and free and easy. And their message to you is, leave me alone. Don't bother yeah, me. Yeah. I, you're mixing the populations up. Right? Okay. So about 65% of our population, which is working people, they, they're going to spend about 5% of the money. Mm -hmm. And um, they're not saying, leave me alone. They're saying, don't waste my time, which is significantly different. And uh, what they're saying is, when I need you, when I have a baby, please make it easy for me and efficient. Mm -hmm. Don't make me miss work and the stuff I want to do. And when I break my, break my leg or I sprain my ankle, make it easy for me and don't, don't rip me off. Mm -hmm. Don't waste my time or money. That's what they're saying. Easily 65% of them. But it's only about 5% of the money. You now do have a group... I'm going to make it up about a quarter of the people in a working population where maybe they're overweight, they're getting a little older, they smoke, they drink, they're sedentary, they're stressed out, they don't sleep enough. Now that group is still only going to spend 5% of the money. So I, I just showed, shared with you 90% now are going to spend 10%, yeah, not conceptually. Mm -hmm. But that group is saying, leave me alone. I don't need you to tell me to stop smoking. I don't need you to tell me to exercise more. I don't need you to tell me to reduce stress. I don't need you to tell me. I'll sleep call more. you if I need you. Right. They, they're busy with life. Right. Life is busy and, and, and they're not sick yet. They're mm -hmm. just not healthy, yep. but they're not sick. They're not feeling it. There's another bucket. that's about 10% of the workforce or their dependents who are sick. They've got asthma. They've got an illness. They've got a thyroid problem. They, uh, they got headaches. They've got um, diabetes. diabetes. And uh, those folks are going to spend the bulk of the money. And the, the important thing is to make sure that that 10% gets the care they need because that's where the savings is. Mm -hmm. Free up that capital, free up that money, free up that time and apply that, those resources, that money, that time you free up by taking care of that 10% first, the sick people first. And those people are saying, please help me. They are running towards us. Please help me. Please help me. It's the people who are overweight and they smoke and they drink. And they're not sick yet. They're just unhealthy. They don't want us to help them because they're busy. So if my but once they turn in, once they have diabetes, mm -hmm. or the child has asthma or diabetes, or right, or they that now they want help and they're going to spend a lot of money. That's where the opportunity is to free up money that we can then apply to the other people. And what that could look like is for that sixty-five percent or so that are super healthy invest that money in removing friction in the 25% that are saying, just leave me alone, but be available when I need you. Yeah. Invest that money in creating plans for them that are ready when they need them. Smoke cessation, weight loss, et cetera. Right. But, but not in the delivery of those things, but in the plan. So that's ready for them when they need, they're ready, when they're ready to take it. So if my son's in the Mississippi Delta and he has a redirect health mentality, He's going to wrap his care around that 2% that's costing all that money and be interventional, be proactive ahead of time before they get so expensive. Right. 
they're not going to go to the ER as much. They're not going to even go to urgent care as much. They're going to have what they need at their house and 24-7 access to care. Yeah, and he's going to free up those resources. So if he's got a re your question was if he has redirect health thinking mindset, he's going to go, the opportunity to free up resources that I'm going to need for the other people, the other 97% of people in your example, is sitting right there, is right there for the taking. Mm -hmm. I'm going to free it up, keep these people healthy, get them healthier, get their sickness taken care of, do what I need to do to free up strategically the most amount of money. Now I'm going to take the money I free up, the resources, the time, the money, the people, whatever it is, the resource that was being eaten up by these 3%. I'm going to take some of it because it's not needed anymore. And I'm going to apply it in a different format to the other people because the other people don't need the care in the same way, the resource in the same way. My way of thinking is from a business owner's perspective, is I'm going to apply those resources. It might be different for a different population. I'm going to apply those freed up resources in removing friction for my worker bees, mm -hmm. for the people who I'm counting on, my hard workers that are healthy. I want to free up friction so they can stay at work, not have to miss work when they need a, um, when they get a cold and they need a, a, a cough medicine refill. No, we're not going to, you're not going to, I'm not going to create friction and cost for you. So you have to take time off work and go wait in the doctor's office. I'm going to spend that money that I freed up and it only exists with my sick people. That's the only place to free up money. And I'm going to give it to my healthy people in the form of friction removal. That's how I think about it. But again, I would always go back to the problem and I don't, this solution that I'm talking about right now, I believe I can come up with a solution. I've thought about this enough that I believe I can come up with a solution for any healthcare problem, um, system problem. Um, but I also believe that my system solution is just for my problem. Mm -hmm. There are elements of it that work in any, for any problem that can be taken, but the system that I've created at Redirect Health is specifically for the problem that small business owners are having um, who have a workforce and make under $20 an hour, who do not have meaningful access to healthcare today, because the system's so complex, it allows hidden costs. We're going to close out this episode, and thank you, Dave Berg, CEO of Redirect Health, for your time. Um, in our next segment, Dave is going to be addressing how do we cure the ills of primary care. The ills of primary care have a lot in common with the ills of healthcare in general, but primary care doctors have an awful model. And the alpha model is eminently curable. And I want to hear Dave's ideas and solutions for fixing primary care as the gateway to this ecosystem. Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up? There's two things you can do for us. One, go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing and leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode.